to the Avenging Hour again. I'm Jason. I'm John. And this is uh, episode 190. Yep, that's the one. Oh, I'm just doing Is that right? Is that the number of the thing? Uh, we're going to do issue uh, 303 of the Avengers from May of 1989. Ah, wrapping up my junior year in high school. I thought you graduated in 89. I graduated in 90. I'm going to be 50. I'm going to be 50 by the time... Uh, this airs right yeah because we recorded this back in the summer (laughs) we recorded this in in 2019 (laughs) i'm gonna be 50 by the time this is i don't know we record these in chunks i don't know when this is gonna be put up i don't listen to the podcast i don't know who you people are that listen to this thing (laughs) curtain oh i'm sorry behind Behind the curtain i'm just a tiny little man with a booming voice (laughs) <laughs> this issue is written by Ralph Macho. It is drawn again by Rich Buckler. It is called Reckoning. Is that what it's called? That's just one of Hawkeye's word bubbles. Yeah, but it's big and purple. Ah, just like Hawkeye. And, exactly. and the hand that's holding him, apparently. So uh, when we left last issue, Hawkeye had decided he was going to talk Supernova down. He's going to talk Super- to the guy who can crush him with his bare hand. And Supernova is holding him up, and Supernova is saying... Where's Nebula? And Hawkeye is like, um, uh, look, uh, look over uh. there. And Supernova does uh, do a super recap for us on this page, <laughs> explaining why he wants Nebula. She destroyed Xandar, does his he, home planet. He's the last survivor. Is he? Well, that's what he says. Does he explain the brain things at all? No, no, they do not come up. Okay. So they're having this discussion and it seems like Hawkeye, obviously trying to distract him, trying to talk him down and say like, hey man, you don't want to kill people. That's a bad thing. And I know, I mean, I understand that you lost a whole planet because I lost a wife. Uh, it's the same thing, right? <laughs> and then while he's talking, he screams out in pain and he gets zapped out of Supernova's hand. Disintegrated. Apparently that's what Hank Pym thinks. And then Supernova goes crazy and starts destroying Chicago. Wasn't he already doing that? Well, more... more, (laughs) Not as artsy now. Yeah. (laughs) There's no more art projects, just just destruction. Telling them he wants Nebula. And we find out then that Hawkeye's not dead, that Quasar saved him. Uh, Yes. And did he say how he did it? Because uh, he snatched him away in a nimbus of light. Quasar points out multiple times that he works with light nimbuses. Yes, uh, and I, I like a stupid power to have. <laughs> I like I snatched you away in a nimbus of light. It's a power I have. <laughs> you know, it's a yeah, thing you do. Yeah. No, no bragging. But. And then Hawkeye's like, and who do I thank? And he's like, my name's Quasar. And Hawkeye's like, whatever, dude, I don't know who you are. Uh, but uh, Did you see? Sorry. No, go um, ahead. This last panel on the page where uh, <laughs> Quasar's like, what strategy were you trying to use there to... Uh, yeah, and and Hawkeye says, ah, that's Special Avengers Emergency Tactic number 1108. That's not a bad Hawkeye line. Do, is that like a, do you think that that was, uh, the 1108 means anything? No, I don't. No? You think it was just a number they pulled out of? Yes, I do. All right. So then we go to the, to the street where Tigra and especially Hank Pym are so upset because Hawkeye, they think, is dead. And Tigra thinks this, and I can't believe she thinks this. Take it easy, Hank. He's usually the soul of logic. Hank Pym, <laughs> the soul of logic. The man who has had more nervous breakdowns than an entire an entire mental hospital. The man who consistently goes off half-cocked. The man who smacked his wife after he kidnapped her and forced her to marry him. No, well, first they had to live in that tiny little birdhouse or something. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's the man who is the soul of logic. Um, I also like the fact that when Hawkeye does come back, you know, Tiger gives him a hug because that's what Tiger does. And then Hank Pym has his hands on his hip and is scolding him like an angry mother. <laughs> I love it. Who's so- the leader of the team? Uh, it's Hawkeye, but I wish they would. If they would do Hank Pym more as the angry mother, he'd be a much better character. You listen to me, young fella. <laughs> Um, and then out of nowhere, the Fantastic Car rolls up and you're like, oh, that's weird. I thought that they were with the Avengers and we haven't seen the Avengers land on Earth yet. But no, that's not who's in the Fantastic Car. This is the current Fantastic Four. And by which that we mean the Fantastic Three. <laughs> and by which that we mean two and then one that looks like one of the other ones. So let's talk a little bit about where mm. the Fantastic Four are at this point uh, in time. Let's not take too much time on this. So... Steve Englehart, our friend from the West Coast Avengers, had been writing the Fantastic Four. Reed and Sue had left because they wanted to spend more time with Franklin, and the Thing was now in charge. And this is the point in the Thing's life where he was going to join the West Coast Avengers, but then he didn't because he was mutating more, right? Yes. Okay. You have the Thing and the Torch, but that's only the Fantastic Two. Mm -hmm, They need mm -hmm. two more people. So Mm -hmm. they get Crystal to join because she wants to try to uh, convince Johnny to cheat on his wife. No, that's nice. And... Sharon Ventura joins. Now, Sharon Ventura first appears in The Thing number 27 in September of 1985, created by Mike Carlin and Ron Wilson. Wasn't she one of those unlimited class wrestling ladies? Got it in one. Mm-hmm. She sure was. Wasn't she, she Ms. Marvel or something like that? She got superpowers from the power broker who gave her super strength. She wrestled. That's how she met The Thing. But she was imprisoned by Dr. Carl Malice at one point in time. <laughs> that and guy. And it is strong. Well, it's not strongly suggested. Basically, she was raped by like gang raped by a bunch of men. I mean, sure. She's a Marvel character. So and it got her when she when she got free, she started calling herself Captain Marvel and she became this superhero. I'm sorry. Miss Marvel. You are correct. She started calling herself Miss Marvel, became this powerful superhero, but had this pathological fear of men touching her. Because of her experiences. I don't mean to say that in any kind of amused way because obviously that was horribly traumatic. It's just Steve Englehart's trying to run with this in the Fantastic Four and his storytelling is not particularly subtle. <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't have Mantis join the team. So, oh, oh, well, she does show up. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so in any case, she's joined the FF. She's Ms. Marvel. And then her and Ben Grimm get shot into space on a rocket that then comes back down that sounds familiar with no does it go through cosmic rays it goes through cosmic rays no shielding and what that does is it turns ben uh even into more of a thing he's he becomes all spiky and gets even stronger and then it turns sharon ventura into a female version of the thing so she looks like the thing used to look like he looks like a big spiky pile the weird thing is when the Fantastic Four went up in a ship and got hit by cosmic rays, they all turned into different things. Yes. Why would Sharon Ventura turn into the same thing that Ben Grimm had already turned into? Can cosmic rays only turn you into four different things? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> it was plot driven. Oh, because really? Go figure. Being mm. turned into a thing enabled her to get past her pathological fear of touching man. Because no one wants to touch her now. Exactly. <laughs> and... That plotline is, to the best of my knowledge, never picked up again. She just turns into a thing and she's absolutely fine. And then she turns back to... She eventually turns back to human. That makes sense. So Like all the Fantastic Four did. So right now, the Fantastic Four is the Fantastic Three because Crystal had to leave because the Inhumans, blah, 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 blah. Is she pregnant yet? She's already had her baby. She already had Luna? Mm-hmm. So... 
the Fantastic Three come to Chicago, thinking Ms. Marvel. So the thing Ms. Marvel and the Human Torch are now going to try to help them beat Supernova. No, nah, it doesn't work out well. It doesn't. But I got to tell you, Ben Grimm is the saving grace of this issue. <laughs> He's got like two or three good one-liners and nobody else does. Um, in any case, it's a big fight. It's not really a big fight. Well, it's a short he fight. He smashes the two things, jump down out of the Fantastic Card. He grabs them both and knocks them together and drops them on the ground. The Human Torch jumps out. We see him fighting with Quasar. Uh, well, not fighting with Quasar. He and Qu- Human Torch and Quasar are both fighting Supernova. And the Human Torch seems surprised to see Quasar. That's because in issue, I think, three of the Quasar title, he, the Quasar and the Human Torch get into a, a mistaken identity thing and end up fighting. It's superheroes. That's what they do. And now, da da da! Here comes the East Coast team. The actual stars, supposed stars of the book. The Avengers jump out to go fight. Basically, Captain America tells the Invisible Woman, <laughs> Thor, and Gilgamesh to fight Supernova, while Mister Fantastic goes with Captain America to work with the army. I like how Thor and Fire Lord are sharing a seat. <laughs> like they're sitting on each other's lap. <laughs> We didn't have room in the Quinjet. Here, you sit here. Come here, big boy. <laughs> I even noticed that. Oh, this is something that you had mentioned last issue. Mm. But as the Avengers are bailing out of the Quinjet, the ones that are going to fight Supernova, Fire Lord, Thor, Gilgamesh, and the Invisible Woman, Thor is carrying Gilgamesh and then says he's going to release him at a height where he can drop to Earth. He can fly. He told us that last issue. Mm-hmm. He's done it in the past. All of a sudden, they forget Gilgamesh can fly. Again, I went back and reread this page a couple times thinking that I had missed something. Like something happened to Gilgamesh and he couldn't fly or... Yeah. So now it's everyone dogpiling on Supernova while Captain America and Mr. Fantastic talk to the general in charge with Hawkeye. Well, until Mr. Fantastic completely loses interest and just leaves. (laughs) Yes, he does. Why I like Mr. Fantastic. He's in the background, like, obviously thinking of his own plan. And just goes, hmm, that might work. And just leaves. Just walks away. See you, bye. And he goes up and he needs Quasar's help to get back to the city. So he goes up and makes a little cue out of his body. I don't even know how he did that. I can't figure it out. <laughs> oh. And so Quasar grabs Mr. Fantastic and they head to New York City. And Captain America's like, what just happened here? Where is my team? Uh, meanwhile, Fire Lord and Human Torch think if one of us can't use enough fire to hurt Supernova, how about we both do it? And Supernova's like, ha ha ha, joke's on you, I'm going to release a bunch of fire instead. And the two of them have to absorb all the heat that he's giving off and go take it up into the atmosphere and let it loose, or it's going to murder Chicago. I don't know. Yeah. So that takes up two pages for no reason. And then we go back down to the surface, and uh, the two things have regained consciousness and are now going to trip Supernova. And I like that this is the second time this issue where someone is talking to Ben and they're trying to be all quippy and funny. And he's like, yeah, let's fight this guy. Because Wonder Man's all like, you know, Ben's like, we're going to we're going to try to trip him. And and Wonder Man's like, yeah, this guy trashed me once and I owe him for it. Ben's like, like, shut up. Yeah. (laughs) And he does that to somebody else in this issue as well, which makes me so happy. Meanwhile, this is going on. Supernova can't tell that they're like pulling on his feet. But they do manage to trip him while Thor also punches him in the back of the knee. Knocks him down. Meanwhile, in New York City... I'm still not sure. There's like six people piling on this 40, 50-foot tall guy. They look like tiny ants. How are they going to hold him down? Well, they are super strong. Some of them are. 
Meanwhile, meanwhile, somewhere else completely. Mr. Fantastic's at the Baxter building. He finds what he needs to beat Supernova, and he and Quasar head back to Chicago. It's the Ark. He pulled the Ark out. Yeah, the uh, the so fighting's still happening, blah, blah, blah. Fighting's still happening, blah, blah, blah. Mr. Fantastic pulls up in front of Supernova and is like, hey, man. I just, while they're waiting for Mr. Well, they don't even know if Mr. Fantastic's coming back because he has told no one that he has a plan. But Captain America says, or Wonder Man says to Captain America, how are we going to beat Supernova? And Cap, who is famed as the brilliant tactician of the Marvel Universe, says, we go back at him. We go back and hit him again and again until he's beaten. We tackle him high and low all at once. That's, now, that's his plan. We're just going to keep hitting him. Yeah, that's, but Captain America's plan is just keep punching. Thankfully, one panel later, Mr. Fantastic shows up, pulls up on some floating thing in front of Supernova. is like, hey, man. Remember me? I came to Xandar once because I'm cool. I've been everywhere. I know everything. Also, we keep telling you Nebula's lost in time, but look, I have a time machine. We'll send you into the time stream to find her. And Supernova's like, cool, let's do that. I trust you. I remember you. You came to my planet once. <laughs> Come on. And everybody's like, oh, Reed, look at you. You're so great. We love you so much. And Captain America's in the background thinking, oh, I don't like this. Mm. So that's, that's the end of this team. Also, Thing is in the background thinking, <laughs> look at this guy taking all the credit for stuff. Mr. Fantastic has not made friends in this issue. This group of five Avengers will never go on a mission together again. <laughs> we have now seen all of the issues in which they appear. Next issue is a fill-in that Mr. Fantastic and the Invisible Woman are not in. And then after that, we have John Byrne, and he never uses these five in combination again. Oh, weird. So weird. Has there ever been an Avengers lineup that was trumpeted as on the front cover? This is an Avengers lineup that was more short lived than this one. I don't think so. I don't either. And not only are they short lived, if you count the Inferno issues, though Thor's not on the first few. So if you count, they have five issues together. They're not even the focus of these three issues. <laughs> Like this three issue supernova saga, they're they're the focus of the first issue, but the second two issues, they are not the focus of the issues. They're like lost in space. And in the last issue we just read, Gilgamesh has like one line. Like he barely speaks or does anything throughout the entire and issue. And they forgot he could fly. <laughs> yeah, that too. Maybe it's because he lost his helmet. <laughs> my helmet. Bring me back my helmet. It's frustrating because, again, you we t we keep talking about this, but they spent all this time and energy and made us sit through them putting this team together. And then they don't do anything with them. Yeah. I mean, it's a dumb team. We both agree it shouldn't have existed. But if it yes. does exist, let's do something with it. And instead, they get wasted. Do we ever see Supernova again? I don't think so. I think they actually make a point at the end of that issue where they're like, he's gone. He's probably never going to come back. Yeah. We threw him out there in the time stream somewhere. He doesn't have a personality. He is literally a plot point to give these people something to rail against. I, I am so I am so confused by what was happening. So how did... um? What was the first thing this team did? They fought uh, Nanny and the uh, oh, Widowmaker. The orphan maker. orphan maker. That was the first thing they did, right? That was the first thing they did, but they did it without Thor. Thor wasn't around for that. Thor didn't come in the first... Thor doesn't actually... So they this actually team only had four issues... Because Thor comes in back at issue 300, and the five of them fight the growing man and some demons. Oh, right. That was the end of the Inferno story. At the end line. of Inferno. That's the first time these five I are actually together. Huh. So it's, it's, it's Inferno, and then it's these three issues, and that's it. This had to just be filler. Like, they had to have known that this was going to happen. 
I think I, I truly believe that they didn't know what was going to happen when they started it. They just knew it wasn't going to be permanent. But if so, like, get some more, I don't know, get some interesting characters. Get some characters that apparently Ralph Macchio wants to write, at least, instead of giving him this team that he clearly had no interest in. Wait, who brought Gilgamesh in? Wasn't that Simonson. still Simonson, right? Mm-hmm. Simonson brought them all in. Simonson brought in the two Fantastic Four characters, and then he left the title to go write the Fantastic Four. Yes. So again, you have to believe he knew, because he must have known he was writing, going to write... Yeah, because well, this stuff happens months ahead of time. Well, but, again, and we, I think we talked about this some, some episodes ago, but Steve Englehart's run on Fantastic Four was truncated when he got fired off the book. Because the editorial wanted him to bring back Sue and Reed, and he didn't want to. Okay, so it's like Roger Stern getting fired off the Avengers. And so his... Start not cooperating, and they replace you with somebody else. Well, though he wrote to the end of his tenure on the book, he wrote under a pseudonym for the last four issues. I think he he credited himself as John Harkness. I don't know why. Rather than Steve Englehart. um, Because he wasn't happy with what they were making him do. (laughs) So, but, but, so... If he'd had his way, he wouldn't have wanted to bring back Reed and Sue, so maybe they didn't know. But if Editorial wanted Reed and Sue brought back, they must have known. But why put them in the Avengers? Well, and it also doesn't make sense because their stated reason for leaving the FF was to spend more time with Franklin. So why would they join another superhero team that's going to take up just as much time? Well, they originally hopped in there because Franklin got kidnapped. Sure, but why, why but say why they... Why be like, yes, I wanted to be an Avenger. I mean, to me, if you were going to do this, if I were going to do this, and I wanted to do what Walt Simonson did with Inferno, as we talked about at the time, fine, bring in Reed and Sue for the Inferno issues. Ignore Gilgamesh completely. Just make it Reed, (laughs) Sue, Captain America, and Thor. And then at the end of Inferno, they're like, no, sorry, we're not interested. We want to spend more time with our son. And just bring in a couple of other extra Avengers. Bring in Falcon and, you know, you you could bring in... Yellow Jacket. They had her in for the annual. Right? You could have literally brought anybody have, in for these yeah, issues. They have what? Falcon, Hercules, and Yellow Jacket for that annual. Yep. Or Beast. Though I guess he had his own series. Yeah, he so. was doing X-Factor stuff. But you guess. You could have brought in Hercules. You could have brought in... No, Hercules is dead. Quote, unquote, dead at the end of the annual. Oh, But yeah. you have Falcon. You have Yellow Jacket. But they have how many? You have Black Widow running around the Marvel Universe. You have... Uh, you know, you have other... I'm completely blanking on other... Star Fox didn't have to be so beat up. He could have run around with them these issues rather than showing up in three panels and then disappearing. You could have used... Um, I mean, Vision and Scarlet Witch were just hanging out in Jersey at this point, right? They hadn't come back to the West Coast team. They had come back to the West Coast team. Then why weren't they there with that stupid lineup of... Uh, I don't understand the lineup. <laughs> Either that, of them at this point. The lineup makes no sense. Because if it happened before Mockingbird <clears throat> left the team, she should have been there. And if it happened after, then half the other ones shouldn't then have been Tigra there. Then Tigra and Pym shouldn't have been there. Yes. It should have been Scarlet and Witch, it, Vision, Wonder Man, and Hawkeye. And the next the next West Coast Avengers annual read, it starts Vision Quest. And at that point in time, Tigra is back on the team, and I think Hank Pym is as well. But then Vision and Scarlet Witch are still there. So there is no time where these four were the West Coast Avengers. No. Like we talked about before, the Bullpen Boltons this month, for whatever reason, is a rerun of last month. I, I guess they couldn't get Stan's soapbox in in time, so they're just like, whatever. Nobody it, reads these things. The letters page is not that interesting, except for... No, doesn't this... These are the comments about the um, the Jarvis issue, right? Yes. Where he had to fight the car robot, the Transformer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
there is one guy here who puts together, or one writer who puts together their own Avengers team. Mm -hmm. And it is Captain America, Stingray, Yellowjacket, Star Fox, and Jack of Hearts. You know what? (gasps) Wood Reed. Yeah. Like, better than this team. Some interesting personalities there. Yeah. Uh, This this is the one that I was talking about a couple weeks ago when they, at the end of it, they're like, well, you never know. Some of the Avengers' most distinguished members have been former criminals. They're talking about Yellow Jacket. Yes. I would love to see Star Fox and Yellow Jacket on the same team together, considering how flirty he is. And how love-struck she is by any good-looking guy. And I also would have just enjoyed... I mean, I've always liked Stingray and wish he would have had more of a time. I, th- I really like that team. I think it works. It's got, it doesn't really have a... Well, no. I guess it's got a heavy hitter in Jack of Hearts. Not sure how they would have brought Jack of Hearts into that title. I mean, the rest of them make somewhat sense, but... I would rather have spent two or three issues reading about how they brought Jack of Heart into the title than reading about Supernova. Maybe Jack of Hearts is in a spaceship and he's mad because someone murdered all the other people from his planet and he's the last one left. You know, we, we keep mentioning this while he keeps saying he's the last Xandarian, but I don't know that we have... Have we made it clear that Fire Lord is from Xandar? I believe I, I tried to make that clear, yes. Yeah. He's from Xandar. Mm-hmm. Not the last Xandarian. Ah, <sighs> Lesai. This is like a low point for the main Avengers this title. This is, without a doubt, the worst that this title has been since... I can't even remember a time it was this bad. Right around... You know what? You know what's funny is the last time the Avengers had, were so clearly without a direction, so clearly rudderless, was just after issue 200. There was like, I don't know, eight or nine issues after 200, which were basically a bunch of fill-ins before Jim Shooter came on and took over the book. I don't remember what the lineup of then was. The lineup was that huge lineup. It was it was Captain America and Beast and Wonder Man and Jocasta and Ms. Marvel still around for that? No, that was that was after she left. But you had Scarlet Witch and you had Vision and you had Hawkeye and you had it was it was gotcha. there was like nine or ten people on the roster, and they did a bunch of fill-in issues. Uh, Gene Colan <clears throat> and Carmine Infantino. I think actually it was Carmine Infantino that drew a lot of them. The other one that I was remembering is what issue fifteen when when. Um, Giant Man and Wasp go on vacation, and who else was on it? Was Thor? Thor and Iron Man. And they left, and it was just Captain America before he brought the kooky quartet. Yeah. That was like, wait, what? What's going on? And they showed up with like a brand new team. But those weren't bad. Like these They are weren't just bad. You bad. Just, it just left you going like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen next? That's true. This one has me going, why is this happening now? Yeah. <laughs> and how are they going to fix this? Because this is horrible. Well, we'll be doing, we have a few more solo Avengers to do, and we'll finally be a little bit more caught up with those and then we will be bouncing back and forth between the two books but john byrne is coming in a big way to both he's coming yeah both all right that should be something at least yeah yay stick with us everyone um let us know what you think about the teams uh you can email us uh, avenginghour at gmail.com or leave some comments and whatever share some pictures on our instagram account at avenginghour thanks for listening as always bye-bye